Hello. Welcome to the Daily Quran for Wednesday, May 29th, 2019. I'm Stephen Tolton, and tonight I want to talk a little bit about metadata, specifically metadata in the music industry. Uh, what is metadata? Well, uh, metadata is just data that describes other data. So if we're talking about music, we're talking about the song title, the artist's name, the genre it's in, even the lyrics. That all counts as metadata, right? And so I read this article on The Verge this morning that's entitled, Metadata is the Biggest Little Problem Plaguing the Music Industry. And it talks about how the, the lack of a real standard for collecting, tracking, sharing, validating all the various pieces of metadata that are related to any kind of song, especially who owns what rights to it so they get paid, like the lack of that, having a well-established shared system for that means it's easy for artists to end up losing out on payments. And they start the article off with a really kind of an eye-opening example here where they talk about a uh, I'll just read it to you a little bit. I'll read you the first like paragraph here. It says, quote, Recently, a musician signed to a major indie label told me they were owed up to $40,000 in song royalties they would never be able to collect. It wasn't that they had missed out on payments for a single song. It was that they had missed out on payments for 70 songs going back at least six years. End quote. That's the very first paragraph. <clears throat> so, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of a problem. Because it's not, it's not so much that you would publish like a new EP or a new single or something and then not get paid at all for it. It's that you could have a whole back catalog of songs or you could be um, like a, an engineer on one of these songs, a producer or something, work on a, with a variety of artists. And then they just, it just gets, the metadata just doesn't track that you're owed money for whatever reason. And then you're losing like pennies at a time, you know, on these streaming, you don't get paid much for streaming fees, but it, you know, if it adds up, if you have a whole bunch of songs that you're attached to in some fractional way. And so after a while, those pennies add up, uh, you know. My favorite quote in here, though, is is probably this one's a little, it's like the third paragraph, where it says that um, a musician said, quote, every second that goes by and it's not fixed, I'm dripping pennies, end quote. And yeah, that's exactly right. That was actually a perfect way of describing it. Um. Yeah, but apparently this, the whole system metadata is complex and broken, and just artists aren't getting paid for their work. And it's it's way more complicated than uh, it may sound, though. So it sounds like it should be easy, and they and they 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 say that, but in fact it's not because, uh, and and apparently this metadata problem has existed for decades. This is not like a new thing. Decades, because there are according to this article. No standards for how music metadata is collected. I'm going to quote them on this one. They say that, quote, not only are there no standards for how music metadata is collected or displayed, there's no need to verify the accuracy of a song's metadata before it gets released, and there's no one place where music metadata is stored. Instead, fraction of that data is kept in hundreds of different places across the world, end quote. And that's the fundamental problem there. You have important pieces of data that are scattered all over the world, they're in different databases that have different formats that are looking for different types of data with different names and different structures, and there's no f- standard format for storing that or even interchanging it, apparently. So, you know, it's, it's, it's a huge issue. Um, they're calling it a crisis in this article that has left 
they're they're saying possibly billions of dollars on the table for artists. And it's just getting worse because the amount of music that's created and you know consumed nowadays is just ever increasing. Um so the metadata in the song, the obvious metadata as I described earlier was something like the title or and the artist, but it's it, it, what's really important is all the stuff about how to direct where money goes to people um, when it's purchased or it's licensed or something. You have to document everybody's work on any song, and the attribution is one of the big missing issues here, one of the big problems here. Uh, so they go into multiple ways that the process of tracking this kind of attribution go wrong. First, um, there's no, as I said, there's no standard format for the metadata. So I don't know exactly what they mean by this. I think they're kind of talking about the 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 databases themselves. But when I think about something like a format for metadata, I'm thinking about kind of like two things. And mostly I'm thinking about a format for interchange between databases. So it looks like there's probably not a format for interchange between them. So if I have much metadata, if I have a song and I have the title and the artist and everybody's name of everybody who worked on it, what their role was and what their fractional rights are, whatever, I had all that stuff. And say I put it into a document, that document was structured in a certain way so that everything had a certain name or field. You can just think about it that way. So you had like a name, like artist, colon, and the artist name. And you had, you know, um, sound engineer, colon, whatever. You had all that stuff in some kind of format. Like that could be a standard for interchange. And I could give it to someone else, the next person down the line who's going to, you know, maybe to distribute it. And then they'd be able to read that file and put it into their own database. So that's the way I think about it. I'm not sure if that's what they mean here, because then they talk about how a label's database is different than Spotify's database, which is different from other database of collection societies like ASCAP and BMI. And that is a different but related problem where the actual place where the data is stored by these different entities is structured differently. So I may, so even if there was a standard format for moving this stuff around, each particular uh, entity involved here would also have to be able to take that data and put it in their own database. And that can be a problem. Um, because I have a quote in here. They say, quote, uh, part of the problem is the fields everyone has chosen to write into their software to populate these credits are all different, end quote. This is from entertainment lawyer Jeff Becker of Swanson, Martin, and Bell. Quote, so if a credit is sent to a database that says Pro Tools Engineer, but that database doesn't have that field, they either choose to change it or ignore it altogether, typically ignore it, and that credit has nowhere to go, end quote. So it sounds like the problem, the bigger problem is the database formats and not the interchange formats. Um, uh, although I think it, a common interchange format would actually help uh, because uh, the way I think about that is something like RSS, which is a format that allows this podcast to exist. I remember when it was being created uh, and there was a lot of debate about it. There was a lot of back and forth. There was a lot of input. There was competition from other formats. But in the end, we ended up with something pretty simple and even extensible that everybody adopted in their software. So they all, and, and then the individual software itself may have stored things internally differently, but as long as they were able to understand and parse an RSS feed and then recreate an RSS feed, possibly, depending on the software, then everything was going to work. It didn't really matter what was internal. So I th that's why I think uh, an interchange, if I'm going to be real technical about this stuff, I think a focus would probably be on an interchange format. Because if everybody agreed, like, this is the format of of how how we track this stuff when we're passing it around to each other, then that would itself define all the fields you need. And then that would tell you how your database should work. 
And so then the software developers could take that standard and say, okay, now I understand. So when I built like an RSS, uh, an RSS system many years ago during the first wave of podcasting, and I had to, you know, we had to design a database. I had to write software that parsed this stuff. Well, I mean, we figured out what f- some of the fields we needed in the database were based upon, you know, what we knew we needed to output as well. So, and when they differed, then I had software that kind of mapped between the two. But again, I had like a standard to look at and it was very, very helpful. So uh, I really think a standard um, of of all of these different properties, like what they should be called, all that kind of stuff. And, you know, there are just, this is not, this is not a problem that's unsolvable. There are many, many, many of these kinds of metadata standards out there for all kinds of industries and organizations and situations uh, that are out there. You can find, I mean, like, like the IRS has like tax codes for everything, right? <laughs> you know, you, there, there's systems like the way libraries work, you know, you know, like even the Dewey Decimal System. We have systems we've invented to track all kinds of information, uh, all kinds of metadata, index it, be able to look it up again. This is a solvable problem. It really, really is. I would think especially for music, even though you have the complications of all the contracts and the, the, the rights management issues, which is definitely a complication, uh, I still think that some good library science people and you know, like a committee with the right stakeholders could figure out some standards and iterate on them. So I don't, the reason, the fact that they don't and they haven't for like decades worked on this is saying there's something else going on there that people don't want to work together or something. Um, what else? So they go on in here. They say each database has its own sets of rules as well, which can be a problem. That's very true as well. So they have an example here where if you have multiple artists who cro- who, who collaborate on a track, someone like, their example is Ariane Grande, Nicki Minaj, and Jesse J. But it could be anybody. Uh, and say you had a track that they all collaborated and it was delivered to Apple Music and all their names were in the same artist field. So it would be artists would be Ariana Grande, comma, Nicki Minaj, comma, Jesse J, for instance. Apple Music and Spotify would then throw an error saying compound artist error. You know, or if the artist's name was listed as last name, comma, first name, this would also re- result in some kind of rejection uh, because a different databases have their own rules for what they want for it. And again, I go back to this is because there apparently is not one standard way of doing this. Like this problem comes up so often in IT, uh, information systems, uh, and, and, you know, uh, just, it, it comes up constantly. Like everything in software is essentially some kind of standard. You know, it's some kind of like um, uh, interface you're building, a contract. You're basically saying, I, I promise this is how the thing works in this version. You can rely upon it. Like the whole internet is built upon standards of metadata formats, you know? So uh, it's really frustrating as I was reading this article because I'm like, why? <laughs> like just, why can't you come up with at least the bare minimum standard format? Like if there is one, it's, they don't list it here in this article here, you know? and but like why can't you just have one it doesn't have to encompass everything it doesn't have to solve all your problems but like one standard format just 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 say what the names of all the keys could be that in itself would be a lot you know like uh and some of these rules like how do you have multiple artists like it's been decades decades and decades of music industry i think there are plenty of stakeholders who understand uh all these different edge cases and you just need to collect all them together and start building out something. And I'm not saying it's easy or it would be quick and it would definitely be expensive, but 
seems like it would be worth it if you're losing potentially billions of dollars. So anyway, they continue here. Um, they say another problem is that the information is being entered uh, uh, frequently wrong in the first place. So because a song goes through multiple people, like songwriters, producers, engineers, before it gets released by an artist, every contributor adds a potential new problem. And the longer the chain of custody, the greater there could, the chance something could be incorrect. Um, paraphrasing their, their paragraph here. Uh, and things like you could just have a typo in one of these databases. Or someone who briefly, like they have an example here of someone, a producer who briefly worked on a track could be left out. Uh, or there could be a technical problem, like a faulty merge. They, they have an example here between two databases because all has a technical error. So that's all very true. Um, that kind of problem comes up a lot in IT as well. So how do you solve that kind of problem? Well, if you say you had a, an actual format for this metadata, then you would build tools on top of the format that, that force you to validate everything according to the rules you know, of that standard. Uh, and then you then the, once the tools are updated to the standard, then you have less of an issue because then you, you are automatically validating things um, as it goes through the chain of custody. Um, it, that doesn't change. That doesn't help you if you have like something like a uh, typo necessarily. But in those cases, that's where when merges happen between systems, that's when you end up flagging issues. So the way we we handle that in IT often is if I have data that's come from two different sources, and it's actually the same like metadata, but it's like different parts of the complete metadata. So maybe. One system, uh, so say we're talking about something like the a user, information about a user logging into a system, right? So maybe one system has like their username uh, and then another system has their actual, you know, real legal name and I need to merge these two together in a third system. Well, when I do that, there's going to be some kind of key. Maybe on Maybe on one side, there's a misspelling, you know, maybe, you know. And so it'll flag it because I'm like they're supposed to come together, but the thing that, but the 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 duplicate information between them is uh, not the same. And so then you can flag that, and then you'd have to, you know, fix it. it happens all the time in source co- in programming too, where we have these uh, systems called source control systems, where we when we write our code and we try to uh, you know merge it in with our existing code. Sometimes when you have multiple people working on it, they work on the same area of your software code. And there's conflicts that happen, and you have to resolve them. Like these are these are problems that come up, have come up for decades in in uh, information systems, information technology, computing. So there's definitely ways you can you can address this this stuff. Uh, um, let's see. They they continue here. One of them, which is kind of interesting, they said the metadata can get complicated in other in unexpected ways. So they have in here. <clears throat> I'm going to quote them again at length in this paragraph. It says, quote, in a guest post for Hypebot, Ann Lynn, a senior corporate counsel at Twitch, uses Katy Perry's Firework to show how messy a song's data can be. Capitol Records owns recording for Firework, but five different songwriters with five different music publishers own percentages of the composition rights, and all their information needs to be included in the metadata that they get credited and paid, end quote. So basically, they're also saying, besides these technical issues, you, know, you have your your problems of of writing it wrong to begin with, of not tracking everything. You have the sheer number of people 
and complicated relationships they can have with rights that also needs to be recorded. And that in itself can create problems. And ha- having a lot of people work on a track is not uncommon, uh, but it creates a lot of opportunity for uh, for incorrect submissions. And if you're a person working on one of these songs and your credit is missing or there's a misspelling, uh, you know, or it doesn't match some kind of style guide or whatever, then, uh, as they say here, then it can screw up payments for everyone involved. And all those little errors add up. They say in the article, they say, quote, it's estimated that as much as 25% of royalty payments aren't paid to publishers at all or are paid to the wrong entity, end quote. That's horrible. Like, why? if it's 25% of royalty payments, why the hell isn't this a problem that is, that is being addressed? They said in the article, it's been decades. Like, what is the deal? Oh, man. Uh, yeah. It's tough. It's definitely a tough problem. Uh, wow, they say here that in an, they say, quote, in an ideal world, once a song is finished, the metadata would be crafted by the artist or the artist producer, and they would submit that data to the record label distributor or publishers involved for verification distribution. In reality, the process is frequently more rushed and haphazard. Artists and labels hurried the process along in order to get songs out, and metadata is frequently cleaned up later as mistakes are noticed. Um, quote, a lot of these credits and negotiations don't happen on a single piece of paper and also happen after the fact. Quote, end quote. Uh, that's from uh, Joe Conyers, the third co-founder of digital rights management platform SongTrust uh, in the article here. Uh, so, yeah. Yep. So I can see why this is very, very complicated. Uh, but again, I th- and they, 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 they talk more about this, about how it compares to like movies and TV. Um, you know, the musician who was owed $40,000 in the beginning, that was because of, they said, some kind of glitch between two databases that removed his credits. And it wasn't his fault. But by the time anyone noticed it, the companies uh, involved declined to pay him because too much time had passed. So like that kind of stuff can happen. Uh, and a standardized area, a standardized set of um, a set of standards for music metadata is would be great, but for whatever reason, um, there's just so much data now, and so many ways things are being monetized. Uh, the volume of data has become really difficult, and there's just too too many players involved, I guess, and they they just don't want to work together. So it sounds like it's it's mostly a combination of problems here. And if I could give my unsolicited advice to the music industry, it'd be like, start with a interchange format first and, you know, have an actual working group if there isn't one already for this. And then, you know, yeah, there are a lot of complicated pieces of data to track, but there are in a lot of places in, in software. You know, get some standards, any standards that help help control the problem then build your tools to use those standards the tools then provide validation and prevent people or reduce the amount of errors that are coming in there uh human errors and uh and can kind of require that the the data get entered before it goes from one one person to another so i think a lot of this can be enforced with some kind of tooling and then culturally, I mean, if you're an artist, I think you have to take ultimately responsibility as much as you can for this kind of deal, where before you just, you submit that stuff, you, your producer, whatever, somebody 
has to double check that stuff, even if there is a big rush. Uh, especially if you're a smaller artist, you can't afford to be losing out on any royalty payments. And you certainly shouldn't be losing out on payments because of some BS IT problem. Uh, and so I would say my my actual concrete advice here for artists would be to track all of this stuff very carefully. Uh, I don't, I'm not super familiar with all the, all the software, the tools that would be being used here, so I can't say exactly how to do it. Um, but, you know, you could even use like a spreadsheet or something to start with, but you you just need to track all the stuff, all the all the people involved and the rights issues. You need to track that, and then make sure that when you submit it, whenever it leaves your control, that as best you can, you have verified and and validated the data. That, so at least when you give it to the next person in line, you know it is as, as accurate as it can be, and maybe that'll help a little bit for you. But obviously, there's so many places they can get screwed up, and so many ways they're outside your control. That's that's not going to guarantee anything, but you know, at least you won't be part of the problem. <laughs> and then I don't know. I would say agitate for for some cha- some standards. I wonder if some of these smaller labels, or like the indie labels, or just the DIY artists of the world, like a group of them, could get together because you know there are artists that have created their own labels, right? There are a lot of smaller labels around. There are uh, only so many dis- distrib- um, distributors, you know, and I would think that uh, if the the large companies, large firms involved in the music industry can't get their act together on this, maybe the smaller level should. You know, the, the individuals, the do-it-yourself uh, people, the small, maybe the small to medium-sized kind of, you know, um, companies that are involved in producing music, Maybe they could, maybe a group of them could get together because it's a, you know, often, you know, people know each other in the industry, right? Some of the more tech-savvy members of the music industry in some area could, I don't know, just create a, create a, um, like a, a form, create a, a mailing list or something and just start, start crafting some of this. Get somebody who has some library science background, some, you know, and just start creating something. It can be a de facto standard. That's how a lot of the web works, or it did work. You know, it's, it's, it all started as a de facto standard. Some people created a metadata standard that worked for them, and then some other people adopted it, and then it grew from there, and then eventually became big enough that they standardized it, so then everybody could adopt it for their software, and so on and so on. And it grew bigger and bigger, and we got the web. So I figured the same thing could maybe work here, you know? All you would really need, I would say, is one of the distributors like to uh, to be be part of this, and so they can accept a particular format. And then you, you probably can't do anything about a lot of the software tools you use because you're not writing them. But you could you could manage the if you're already managing the metadata separately anyway. You could get tools for them written, or at the very least, you could just create a standard way of referring to all the different things you need to track like if you name everything the same way that will go a long way so if if the field for artists is always called artists and if the way that you handle multiple artists is defined so you always write it this particular way and whatever then uh if you come up with those kinds of standards that and you only need a small number of of firms to really agree upon that then you can basically start building upon that maybe you're you start seeing efficiency 
in that process and you start, uh, you know, it's easier for you administratively or for the parties involved administratively to produce these records and to make sure people get paid at, you know, as much as you are involved in that kind of stuff. Uh, and then that can kind of maybe have a snowball effect. So I don't know. It's a little vague. I know it may be hard for you to understand if you're not a technical person, but I feel like this is an issue. If it's really been going on for decades, then maybe a grassroots approach to solving it needs to happen. And, uh, you know, maybe I'm completely wrong because I don't really know a lot about how the how the stuff gets, the software gets made, per se. Uh, I, I only listen to it and take pictures of it sometimes. But this is definitely a problem. So I hope I hope that there are some some smart people out there in the music industry who who are working on this problem. Uh, and if not, maybe they'll read this article and start because uh, this is definitely an issue. Twenty five percent of royalty payments, man. That's a lot of money. It's a lot of money. Eh, in a time when streaming services don't want to pay like even a penny per stream, you know, they're paying fractions of a cent. Like, oh man. Uh, you know, as a software developer, I, I encounter stories like this and I'm just like amazed at how far we've come with software. I mean, we've, it's, it's software changed the whole music industry, changed the entire industry, changed our culture in this area in music. Right. And yet it's also basically software is causing uh, this problem or the lack of software and, and standards that are causing this problem right now. Uh, because ultimately, there's always a human factor involved in all this stuff. And um, if people don't get along and agree to something, then all the software in the world can't help. Like as a developer, I can't implement something if I don't know what it's supposed to do, you know? So, I don't know. It's, it's, it's pretty rough. But it's a really interesting article. It's not really that long, and I gave you a lot of the highlights, but there's more details in here and links to uh, other information they mention in here. So it's a really rich article. I, I highly recommend reading it if you're interested in this particular problem in the music industry. But that's going to be it for, for me for tonight. It's already went on pretty long. Uh, I got to get to bed. So uh, you can uh, you can find out. You can find old episodes. You can find my contact info, my social media links, all that kind of stuff at the website at dailycronpodcast.com. And that's going to be it for this Wednesday, May 29th, 2019. Talk to you next time. Later.